Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kowalczyk. He, not coincidentally, is Ramon Foster. He of the Ramon Foster Show. What's up, Mo? <laughs> not much, man. You know, moving and shaking, trying to take my shoes off right now. It's like borderline Tennessee winter here, but the sun's shining. So you know how the portion of your house that the sun is shining on gets hotter. Yeah. So I'm, I'm opening up the window, so my curtains are flowing right now. So I'm, I'm cooling off right now. It's We're good. funny. I just did the same thing over <laughs> here. Yeah, I was just like, because we have the sun blasting yeah. through the windows here, and it, it screws up your thermostat. And we're in a, you know what? We're in a weird weather winter. We're also in a weird NFL winter in yeah. every conceivable way, Moan. How do you like that for a segue, by the way? Man, <laughs> hey, that's why you get paid the big bucks, oh, okay? yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but really, yeah. you know, this past Sunday and everything that happened uh, going all the way up until Daniel Carlson kicking that ball in Las Vegas – and putting the Steelers in and then having his charities get flooded by people from Pittsburgh to the point yeah. that he and the Raiders publicly thanked Pittsburgh mm-hmm. fans. I, I don't even know what to say anymore, but I do know this, Moan. There's no such thing as an upset anymore, is there? No, absolutely not. And again, I don't know if it's the, the playing field leveling out. I don't know if it's just... I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that this season, it I don't I don't know if the NFL, at least on the AFC side, could have painted a better picture of who's gonna beat who and who's gonna arise and who's gonna slide down. Like it's been a perfect blend of fan engagement. About that Raiders Chargers game. So of course I'm morning crew, okay? And I went to bed thinking somebody's gonna win it. Okay, that's where I was. Little did I know how close it was to the actual tie. Yeah. Like if I was if I had the Monday off, I'd have been wired up till about twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning watching that game or just ex- the excitement on the finish of it. I had no idea. And truth be told, a, a case could be made that the Chargers deserve to be in because why? They look like they might be a better product than what Pittsburgh is, but Pittsburgh has beat more people than they have to where they're actually in it or they won they won the right amount of games. It was this. Goodell, I don't know who he made a deal with, <laughs> but as far as adding a seventh, a seventeenth game on a super finished weekend, whatever they wanted to call it, if it's going to be like this moving forward, the brand of the league is 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 in good hands. Well, I mean, having that many teams out of thirty two be alive going into the seventeenth and final weekend is one thing. Having Jacksonville club indianapolis over the head how 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 do you take jonathan taylor and the colts down there against that team that's got nothing to play but moan i'm going somewhere okay Okay, let's get there come on all right well here look look jaguars do their thing Mm -hmm. upsets galore all season Mm -hmm. long and then there's the steelers who just Find ways to win. Yes. And I know from talking with you when you were playing that you're a big believer in the idea that teams can just collectively develop yeah. this skill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what it is. Like 
there's no real way to kind of, you know, describe it as one of the, the words that come to mind is, you know, the old Mike Tomlin, the minutia of, you know, what team. And honestly, we don't know what that minutia is, but those events, those scenarios and what you find your way on the better end of it, they do happen a good bit in Pittsburgh, man. And the team is 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 built that way. Um, you, you have national media, you know, just dog and Ben and how the offense is looking and. You know, it's just the first year that Mike Tomlin gets, uh, you know, below 500 record and all the unknowns about what's the future of the Steelers. And again, to your point, Jacksonville does their job on a very hot Indianapolis Colts team. And then you have Pittsburgh winning on the road in Baltimore. And I know they had their own issues, too, as far as um, injuries and, you know, player availability and stuff like that. But here's Pittsburgh finding a way to get in the show and. Truth be told, being in the show right now, that's all you want to be because I and, and I know Pittsburgh took a major L to Kansas City. I know they did this past season, or this, you know, the, in the regular season. But a part of me has me thinking they either found a way, find a way to squeak this one out, or it won't be that all over again. Meaning getting blasted in front of everyone. Blasted, yeah. We, it, we're saying a lot of the same things. After after the game in Baltimore, where it's like, okay, look, what happened down there was you know exactly what it was, uh, but all you got to do, Moan, and we're, we'll get to all the inside football stuff in a second yeah. segment here. This is more intangibles because yeah. really we're talking about playoffs here. Okay, uh, today saw the first return in two years of Snarky Ben, and I'm totally here for it. I'm going to read this quote out loud to you. From your old quarterback, we're probably 20-point underdogs. We're playing the number one team. I know they're not the number one seed, but they're the team that won the AFC the last two years. Arguably, they're the best team in football. We don't have a chance, so let's go play and have fun. Now, I'm, I'm telling you. That's what you're talking about. They're going to... Moan, has any team ever gone into the playoffs with a lower expectation than this no, one? No, no. And you know what? Truth be told, we do a power ranking on, you know, the top. Uh, we do it after my number on my show here in Nashville. Top seven, bottom three. Okay? 73. And I did it in the postseason. I get it. You get it? Top seven. Get that it. gives us 10 teams, by the way, too. Oh, man. Me and you, we're next on that list. Okay? But um, – <laughs> I did it. I did it. And you know who I had on in my bottom three at the bottom? Pittsburgh. Oh, of course you did. You'd be I'm nuts not to. And you know what? With Ben saying when Ben Roethlisberger saying that and the idea that look, they always find a way. Um, I, I see this situation right here just being different. I see this and you and me are not homers on it. I've said some brutal truths. On the Ramon Foster show, you said some brutal truths on the Ramon Foster show and on DK Pittsburgh Sports Online. We've all, we've both been very real about it. I'm looking at this situation like nothing to lose, play loose. Um, and this is the other part about this game, too. Pittsburgh's, they know who they're attacking this time, meaning Kelsey's in, oh, meaning yeah. Mahomes is in. You won't have a surprise guy like Hardeman that's going to break your back in half this time around. And possibly he could do it too. But if you know where to take their weapons away and only have one weapon, the old New England Patriots mindset, honestly, Pittsburgh Steelers mindset also, then I could see this being a little bit more tightly contested. Whether that's a win or not, I don't know. But you weren't supposed to win Buffalo. You weren't supposed to sweep the Browns. You weren't supposed to sweep 
um, um, Baltimore, and you wasn't supposed to be, beat the Titans. But Moan, who got that? This is the this is the intangible here. Who got tight in those situations, and who didn't? And who loosened up? It was yeah. the team that nobody was, expe- was expecting anything from. Yeah. And if you look at the even within the games, mm-hmm. okay. And I'm not predicting some Steelers no, victory no, here. No, okay. No, let, no, let's no. just okay. Just we're just okay. As the games went along. And the Steelers got looser and looser, even in some of the losses, like the Chargers game, where they mm-hmm. they put up a ton of points in Minneapolis. Remember against the Vikings, yeah. where all of a sudden the offense just starts. Yeah, yeah. You can say some of that's because Minnesota falls into a prevent defense and whatever else, and, and Los Angeles did to an extent. But you're still talking about a team that just gets a little loose and starts feeling comfortable. That was what I just saw in Baltimore Mm -hmm. in that fourth quarter in overtime. You know, the other guys, too. And now think about Kansas City. Yeah. The opposite is true. Yeah. Like they're they're trying to find a way to prove to what Ben's point is. Like, And that's one thing I'm hearing, too, here in Nashville is like, yeah, the Titans have the number one seed. But if you look across, you know, the four-letter networks, power rankings, and CBS and Fox, like Kansas City's above Tennessee. You just heard Ben say the same thing. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, you're, you're playing the, the number two seed, no, 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 no. That's everybody's pick since Patrick Mahomes is coming to this, this um, coming into this league. And just this week in particular, um, the drubbing that happened last time, I can see it being a little bit different. I'm not calling 16-18 again, but if Pittsburgh can stick around and, you know, make a big play down the field, it could change the because that, that defense is a little poorer still. Well, before we go to break, Moan, who was the number one seed again in this in this conference? It's the Tennessee. And yeah. who's and who's the bottom seed in the playoffs in this conference? That would be Pittsburgh. And what just happened when Tennessee played Pittsburgh? They beat them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> beat them. Yeah. So there are no upsets. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to get into a little bit more of the X's and O's of what to expect this weekend. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And Ramon, Sunday night, the Steelers and the Chiefs will play again at Arrowhead mm-hmm. Stadium. And, you know, this will now be the 18th game that the Steelers have played. It will also be the 18th game in which – our pregame analysis should be virtually identical because it all is going to start with whether or not they can run the football. I'm sorry, it just is. And when we're talking about that, we're talking more about the offensive line than we are about Najee Harris. Uh, what have you liked? Because there have been some results, not Baltimore, obviously, with Najee being out for most of the game, but in against Cleveland. What have you liked that you've seen? I've seen them be more intent on what they're doing. I've seen them commit to it as far as calling the run a whole lot more. And honestly, the conversion of runs also has been good. Like you don't have to have 170 yards rushing, but if I can go second and one and get another first down on three yards and I go third and two and get four yards on a third down run, that's efficiency that keeps the offense running. And it's, it's worked out more as of late than it has, you know, throughout the entire season. Having Najee over 1,000 yards, I know it, it took him 16, 17 games to get it, but he got it, you know. And um, it seems like to me, other than his elbow situation, he's running like the college kid that I saw. <laughs> I don't I don't know where that actually – I do actually know where that came from, um, but I digress on, on saying that. But – He's going from the side to side to just straight downhill. 
And that's something that has benefited him and the offense, man. And I'm, I'm whether somebody talked to him or whether they switched up something in-house, I'm glad that they've done that. And it's going to be crucial in the playoffs because teams aren't biting on the deep passes or the passing game in general the way they usually do when playing against Pittsburgh. And we have weapons. There are some weapons, that's for sure. You just need a little bit of time for everybody. And, you know, one of the points, you know, we talked obviously a lot about the offensive line, not just because of your background, but because it's such a big deal for this football team. Yeah. If you go back to last summer, one of the things that we were a little concerned about going in is that they were saying, remember we, we had a show about the zone blocking schemes yeah. and, the, and all of the back and forth and sideways and, and the, sometimes that stuff works. We saw it go three times pretty nicely with Chase Claypool. Yep. You do those reverses and you have people moving and whatever else here. But with a young offensive line, with mm-hmm. the youngest offensive line in football Jeez. that only ended up getting younger as the season went along because guys mm-hmm. get hurt, um, why not just have I – mean, this is a repeat of a question I asked you last summer. Why not – just tell your offensive lineman, here's you, here's that guy. Just do that. At least you'll block <laughs> someone instead of ending up with all these these images that we've seen all season of a guy blocking nobody. Well, that's because the game is a little bit more complex in that. It, it actually takes a, a season of cohesion, a season of communicating. Um, it takes the growth of technique a little bit more. So as far as telling them, just go get them you'll have defensive coordinators and D-line coach scheming against the simplicity of what that line is doing. Now, the thing that they, I think they need more of is actually the north-south and not the side-to-side stuff. And mm. it seemed like they've gotten to that as of late. And it's it's actually shown from that. It, it, O-line is, is really like art, man. Like, I, I, know, I know all of it is, but there are so many different keys that got to work as far as putting it together. And this group is just now feel like getting to that point. And honestly, the angst of, you know, not making the playoffs or the season ending may have gotten them to where we're actually seeing push off the line of scrimmage. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the center position has been such an upgrade from Kendrick Green to JC Hasnauer. Yeah. That, that Mike Tomlin went out of his way this week after he said that Green is going to be available and he's coming back and whatever else. And he said, but I'm here to put in a word for JC, which was his way of saying, we're not taking that guy out. You know what? I don't I don't want to be super can, uh, 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 critical of Kendrick Green, but he needs, he needs a little bit more time. And I say that as far as strength. I say that as far as technique. I've seen veterans, and what's just supposed to do that? D-lineman abuse like his snap pan or getting to his edge a little bit quicker. And I, I know the name of Kendrick is a lot more sexier than J.C. Hausener, but J.C.'s a guy that's been a pro for a little while. He made the roster, I think, the last couple of years. He's got experience, and truth be told, he's gone through the gauntlet of Ramon DeCastro and Pouncey, okay? Like, so he knows what it means to play that position. And also, right now, he's just a little bit bigger. He's, a, I think, a little bit better anchor when it comes down to holding those defensive linemen that are coming his way. And I'm not saying that Kendrick can't or he hasn't, but to consistently do it, you got to have a guy like J.C. right now, and that's not to say that, you know, Kendrick's career is going to go one way or the other, but he needs to take a book, uh, needs to take a page out of this book that J.C. is playing in right now and take it as a little bit of a disrespect. How are you going to be a healthy scratch when you're a, what, second, third rounder? 
Third rounder. And you played all year long. So if he's right-minded, as Coach T like to say, he's going to jump in the lab this offseason and get his deficiencies at a low. Like, you can't erase them all. Heck, Dave pulled for a reason. Well, I blocked the front side pull for Dave for a reason, too. I was a little bit better. You got to minimize your deficiencies, and that's something that he's got to do going into this offseason, man. And JC is a guy that's built for the type of ball that they're playing right now. Let's flip to the other side of that ball uh, and look at the defense. Obviously, everything comes down to Mahomes and Kelsey and all that other stuff. But strictly from the Pittsburgh perspective, is it when you think about the type of defense they have and the Mm -hmm. shortcomings, meaning principally not being able to stop the run, are we looking at a situation where this defense either forces takeaways or it's just going to get gashed? Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like There's there's just like no in-between? It is, man. And honestly – Truth be told, the Baltimore game was like this. The Brown games was like that. This is the ultimate black eye to bend but don't break. And the one thing that Pittsburgh has always done has been able to, you know, stop the run, and that's not happening right now. Thing that teams aren't doing, and, and you know, you got to blame Balt- you got to blame uh, Cleveland for it too. They're, they're, they're trying to get to the end zone by throwing it on Pittsburgh. Somehow they do get tight on the tight red zone as far as allowing teams into the end zone. And you got to tip your hat to that. Cleveland was idiotic and not running Nick Chubb. Like, let's be real Unbelievable. here. The way, the, Unbelievable. Now, in fairness, I'm going to want to throw out here that they did say afterward that he had some ribs uh, that that he felt like in the first <laughs> half at some point, but he was still in uniform. Run Miles Garrett for all I care. <laughs> they keep the ball on the ground if you were being smart about it, and they weren't. But, I, the, well, I'll say this, that defense got tighter. It did. The same thing happened in Baltimore. Latavius Murray, that's his name. Yeah. Like, even he was breaking big yard, big big runs until you got to the red zone. Yeah, and then they true. got cute and decided to want to throw it. Hey, <laughs> be smarter next time, okay, Greg Roman? Do something else different next time. You allowed us to get into the playoffs. No, we got our ways into the playoffs. They threw that ball. The kid yeah. picked off. I mean, that that actually – that doesn't get enough mention so far. There was a lot of key plays in that game. Think but the about fact it. That, yeah, but the, the, the fact that they were just running and gashing and everything else here and then thought, hey, let's try something clever. Let's have the quarterback who's only locking in on the tight end all game long mm-hmm. throw to the tight end. Oh, and by the way, the quarterback really can't throw a football very hard. <laughs> and and mind you, Greg Roman was like a top ten perspective, like offensive coordinator this preseason. Right? Yeah, but that sometimes those guys smart. have they. Sometimes those guys feel like they need to show you how smart they are. To and besides, here. it's Baltimore, so we'll talk about them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna uh, go into. This is the slice of life with Ramon, but we're gonna have him walk you into a playoff stadium. Oh, okay. And in addition to that, uh, Ramon's pick for the game this week. Welcome back. And this is our slice of life segment with Ramon every week. And, and, and Ramon, one thing that none of us who haven't been uh, in, in your position can ever claim to know or to feel what it would be like <laughs> is walking into a stadium on a Sunday for a playoff game single elimination the whole country's watching how different is it how really different is it it is it's that different man and it's the time of the year that really kind of brings everything into essence you know what i'm saying to where Mm -hmm. you it's really a bubble like it's legitimately like 
it's always an evening game. So most of the times, you know, the four o'clock game is already dusky or dark. You know what I'm saying? So you yep. have that aspect of it of going into the stadium. Um, so let's give you home games, for instance. You're driving in, you feel like the you know people who are tailgating has been have been there all day long because they're allowed to. It's either Saturday or Sunday game, and you get this feel of, man, we're we're all in this. Everybody in this city in this parking lot, except for a couple of other flags, are all in this. It weighs a little bit differently because the one thing I learned about playing about playing in Pittsburgh is the fact that if you get into the postseason, you're expected to win. You know, like, and it's not just, man, we got a shot. No, you're expected to win. That's what that's the feelings you get of going into it. And it's it's a little bit more serious. It's a little bit like, man, screw these guys. Whatever it takes to get this win, we get this win. It's the idea that look, I'm not trying to go home. It's literally sixty thousand of us inside of Heinz Field at the roar of that crowd, at the kickoff of that. Whatever your toughest, your hardest, your most, your biggest strain to get a win, you do that for those reasons. Now, you might fall short, but that's the mentality of it because somebody's going to win and somebody's got to lose. But the idea that this is just a regular game, you don't get that. Now, on the road, it's different. It's all of y'all are against us. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... Well, you played in a playoff game not all that long ago in Arrowhead Stadium. Yes, man. Like in that crowd, their understanding of when to get loud, their understanding that look, they have a good team. They're understanding that look, you guys are the enemies, and we don't care how you guys leave here, but it's, you're leaving with an L. You know oh, that is one of maybe three or four maximum, if that many, stadiums in the NFL where you look up during the game and you're not seeing those towels. No. You're not. It's a red sea. But it not only red. that, they have that decibel record yeah. in that stadium where you see the big, the loudest stadium on this day type mm -hmm. of thing. And Kansas City, probably more than what Seattle was. And I respect how loud Seattle was there. And I played them in the regular season, though. But when, when we went to Kansas City in the playoff game, that was one of the few times in, in my playing career, more than Baltimore, more than Cincy, more than friggin' the Cowboys to where I was just like, I can't hear a thing. <laughs> because that crowd understands the playoffs ramifications of losing. You know, like you understand what you're getting yourself into. And you, like the brotherhood of what the game is gets tighter on the road in the playoffs too. Like, And that's one of the reasons why going to New England was so dreadful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those situations where it's like, oh, we got to go here. And I hate it because all the tricks come out from their crowd too. The fire alarm pulling, which happened every <laughs> single time we were there. Um, whenever we arrived in that city, hearing the conversations from the, the uh, managers and, and the equipment crew of saying, we got to go check out the locker room. We got to go here. And then later that night, seeing those guys at dinner and they'd be like, well, we had to put chains on the locker room door because this is a little bit more serious this time, you know, or coaches give you, you conversations being on the road in a playoff game. Do not leave your call slip in this playoff. I mean, in this hotel room, all our paperwork comes back with us to Pittsburgh because the idea of whatever it takes to get a win happens in those cities. Wow. And then now you ended up succeeding in Kansas City. Yeah. And 
the last actual playoff game that you were in was was the the home game against Jacksonville. Yeah, and that's actually the one that I want to bring up here because you guys went into that game as the mm-hmm. overdog mm-hmm. in much the same way that Kansas City will go into this this game. Here come the the Jaguars, Blake Bortles. Okay. I know. I don't mean to. Okay, no, I see your face there. You're I, like, I, I oh, he's gonna, that. he's gonna go portals on me and play action no. and everything. Okay, I, I like the history. But uh, you know, and that was when Leonard Fournette was just, yeah, yeah, and somehow, you know, I don't know if the Steelers tightened up. I don't know if there was a different mindset. There had to be a different mindset for the no, Jaguars. No, that was no. found gold for them. Go ahead. Let, let me let me tell you what I think that week was. And I actually said that this morning on our show. I, I said this time around, if you put me back in 2017 against that team, um, with the understanding of the playoffs, with the understanding of how good our team was, with the understanding of this doesn't just happen all the time. I think we were maybe the two seed, yep. and we had the buy. Yep. And honestly, man, from from my perspective on looking back, I think the being the favorites may have played a factor a little bit. Not saying that we weren't prepared and didn't take it serious. I do think that team was more built to beat us than we were for them at the point too. In a very specific, in a very very specific way. And then we can the the play ahead. action was so effective. Yep. and there was just no answer for it. It wasn't, and then on their defensive side, they had guys: Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, Jalen. They Jalen. Jalen was yeah. out there, um, and they Miles Jack, and the guy that got arrested not too long ago was playing with them. The other linebacker. Um, they had a bunch of free agents that were built to kind of go through, and they they got us. They had and playmakers. Playmakers. Yeah, they had playmakers, yeah. and uh, the couple of DBs I think from the Cowboys. Gosh, what are they? they got in trouble in London like the year after that. Um, but I, I think I, I'd have told the team what, what I know now, lock in, lock in. Like, I know we get the bye week and we took care of our business. We, we, we made sure that everybody practiced people who needed time off, got time off, but I'd have said then lock in because truth hmm. be told, that was the last show that we really had because 18, it kind of fell apart. And 19 was the, my last game in, in Baltimore, Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. And that's one thing I kind of, you know, I talked to Roger Saffold here who plays with the Titans, and I was like, man, given this opportunity coming off the y'all bye, because they got the first round bye, I said, stay locked in. Don't unwind. Don't think that you're supposed to win. Don't think that you're, um, you know, the true number one seed. I was like, go go get it. Like, go take it. And we were so good at the time to where, DK, we could almost go take it. You know what I'm saying? As oh, far yeah. as, like, wins. Efficient as hell on offense. Defense is doing just enough, and guys were emerging and playing. I know we had lost Shazier and stuff like that, but like guys were still making plays. And if there was one thing I could say, knowing what the playoff atmosphere is now as a as a former player, I'd have dug in and been like, "Go, do not back down, do not take your foot off the gas." And you know what? Honestly, Jacksonville just just had answers for us that we didn't. Get what was that score? 42 45 or 40, something like 45 that? 28. That one, I, I don't have to look that one up. <laughs> so that's what I would have said moving forward was lock in, man. Don't take anybody lightly because explaining what the playoffs are to myself now, 
on the Ramon Foster show, I'm like, yeah, we should have been locked in. Uh, I hear that. Let's go Not with to say, thing. and I, I don't want to say like because people have criticized Coach Tomlin, but I don't want to seem like we took him lightly. <laughs> but as a player who was on the field, I'd have said those words right there. Understood. Understood. Let's go with your pick for Sunday. Again, it could go either way. I honestly, I don't see them doing what they did last time as far as just embarrassment. Yeah, getting smacked, yeah. I, I'd probably call this because it's the playoffs like 24-14 or something like 24-14, something uh, Kansas City. Something in that range. I think Boz is going to be a little more involved. <laughs> and I want to give them three. <laughs> I want to give them three. Uh, I'll I'll keep it. I guess price is right. You know, under underneath the over on this one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see, Moan. One thing's for sure. Nothing's for sure. <laughs> what is the AFC? That is that is the one thing. All right, Moan. Let's hook up again next week. Let's do it. I'm and I'm excited. All we know, we'll be talking about. Wait a second. Where would the Steelers go if they win? Oh, we no. They're coming to Nashville. I hadn't even realized that. Will we finally link up and hug? Cookout at the Fosters. First time. I'll light a fire the- for you, okay? All right. Hold down. Now there's an interest in this. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Mom. Let's talk next week. Absolutely.